Welcome to the Addison Free Will Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Here you can find sermons from our Sunday and Wednesday night services. You can find more information about the ministry of Addison FWB Church on our website, addisonfwbchurch.org. Amen. If you want to turn me, we're turning Bibles here. We're going to open in Isaiah chapter 9 today. And we'll go to verse 6 here. Before I start on this tonight, I want to say one thing. You know, the Bible always has foretold of a Savior that would come. And I know the Pharisees said, well, we know no such prophet is going to rise out of Nazareth. They didn't read the Old Testament. Amen. You know, there's, a, there's some people I know who have told me, they said, I don't read the Old Testament. I said, well, why, why don't you? Yeah. They said, well, I just like to read the New Testament. That's what applies to us. I said, the whole Bible applies. When's the last time you went to a movie and watched the last half of the movie, not the first half? Yeah. You know, you're not going to know the rest of it. You're going to be asking all these questions. Who's this person? What's his role? Why is he doing this? You would have known if you watched the first half. Amen. You know, you should always watch. You should always read the Old Testament as well as new because if, if it wasn't important, God wouldn't have had it in there. Amen. Amen. But in Isaiah 9, 6, I'm sure a lot of people know this one here. It talks about the coming prince of peace. It says, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. Amen. You guys are going to be seated now. Thank you. I'll say, I've read, in the, I've read online... I've not counted, but I've read it says that Jesus Christ is mentioned 300 times in the Old Testament, indirectly and directly, combined. I've not seen all those samples, but I tell you, I believe it. Because the Old Testament is full of foretelling of Jesus Christ being Son of God, coming being born to a virgin, and becoming Savior of the people, especially of the Gentiles. Amen. I tell you, I love that because I love reading about how the Lord's going to come. I love how God tells us the events that led up to it. Because like I said... You have to watch. You have to read the first half to know the second half, and just like a movie, you got to watch the first half to know the second. I tell you, I'm going to read a few scriptures today that foretells of Jesus coming. And as I said earlier, the, the uh, Pharisees actually said, "We don't know of a prophet that rises out of Nazareth." That it just it blows my mind. Something did they not read the Old Testament? Did they not read the current thing they were in, living in, in the recent past? But the next verse I'm going to go to today here is Isaiah 42. If you want to turn there with me. In Isaiah 42, it talked about how Jesus and what about Jesus and what he would accomplish in the world. I could read all the instances that I know of of Jesus being in the Old Testament. If I did, you'd want to be eventually get out of here and go home. So I'll spare you the time, time or family. But I want to just read a few here tonight and talk, talk about what about the Lord and about His work. And in Isaiah 42, we start at verse one. It says, "Behold, my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, and whom." My soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. And he shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth. And the isle shall wait for his law. Amen. You know, I, I just reminded you of something. I went and asked my um, daughter... I asked Alice, I said, what do you think Christmas is about? 
You know, and she gave me two responses, the first being Santa and the, first, and the second being presents. I said, you know, the most important thing about Christmas isn't about the things we receive or about Santa Claus or anything else. It's about the birth of Jesus Christ. And that's what this world tends to forget a lot of. They're more interested in reindeer and Santa Claus and things of that nature. I'm more interested in truth. Amen. I tell her, I said, Jesus Christ is the most important thing about Christmas because that's his birthday. And I tell you, I love it when it comes around this time because it's so amazing. It's so amazing to know Jesus Christ and to know he came and died for me when I was not even, I've never been worthy and I will be worthy enough for his death on the cross. Amen. Amen. And that's why I try to instill in her as well that you got to remember it's about Jesus. Of course, the get presents are good when you're a kid, but you got to remember what the true reason is. Amen. And I love also in Isaiah 42 because it talks about how the Lord would bring forth judgment and the truth. I've never known a person in the world ever be 100% honest. But I know a God who's always been 100% honest with me. Amen. Amen. And I love how he brought forth judgment to truth and judgment to the Gentiles and how he called me. And going on here, I'm going to read you another verse in Isaiah 53. I won't read you to death here, but I'll read a few more. In Isaiah 53, it prophesies about how Jesus would suffer for not only my sin or near sin, but for the sins of the whole world. And it goes on in Isaiah 40, 53, we're going to start at verse 1. It says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and we shall see him, there will be no beauty, or no beauty that we should be desire of him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid as were our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to his slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers is dumb, so opened he not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken, and he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. I want to stop there and say one thing. How many of you would go out and just suffer and die for someone who absolutely hated you? Someone who despised you and spit on your name, and spit the ground you walked on, and would constantly pull out your beard hair, rip your hair out every time you walk by, or curse your name? I can tell you it wouldn't be me. I wouldn't be the one to go and die for that person. In fact, I would say they deserve what they're getting. You know, before I got saved, I would say that. But I tell you, it just humbles me when I think of the Lord, when I think of how he came and died for me, when I think of all the things he went through, and I think it was my sins that put him upon that cross. It was my sins that laid him upon that cross and that he suffered and died because he loved me that much. Amen. You know, someone once asked, how much does the Lord love me? And they, said, and they asked the Lord this, and he said, I love you this much. And he stretched out his hands, he died on that cross. You know, it just gets me in emotions. You know, I'm not a very emotional person when it comes to that, you know. But I tell you, when it comes to the Lord and things of that nature, it does, it really hits you when you think of everything Jesus went through. You know, I think of also the movie, you've ever watched Passion of the Christ. That's a movie I could barely watch because I've seen the things, not only did I read about, now I've seen a visual of some of the things God went through, like Jesus went through before that cross. 
And when I think back to this, I think he knew about this the whole time. He knew what he would go through. He knew before he, we were formed that there would need to be a Savior. Amen. And, you know, people say, well, Jesus ain't in the Old Testament, preacher. He's in the New. Well, what's Genesis say? What's all these prophecies about the Lord coming? It says, let's create man in our image. If Jesus was in the Old Testament, who's us and who's our? Amen. Amen. It's key things like that you catch when you read the Word of God and when you study it. But back to what I was saying, it, it just, it's been really humbling to know the Lord knew all this, and yet he came and died for me. Because I, I looked at it and I said, Lord, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not worthy of the suffering you went through. I'm not worthy to be called to be a preacher. I'm not even worthy to be called by you to be a Christian, to be saved because of the things I've done. But I thank God. I have a God who's gracious, a God who's loving, and a God who's merciful that came and saved me from myself and from hell and damnation that would come shortly after because the Lord know, knew that I was heading down a path I wasn't supposed to be on. And I thought when I was 17, I knew everything. Yeah. I said, I know everything there is need to know. You know. But it wasn't until about 19 or 20 that I realized who Jesus was when he called my heart to get me saved. I was in church from the time I was 10 on, but I didn't get saved until I was about 20. Because yeah. I started getting away from the Lord. And I tell you, it's just amazing how to think of what God's brought me through. And I imagine each of you have your own testimony of what God's brought you through. And the amazing thing to remember is that Jesus already knew everything we were going to do. He already knew our past. He already knew our present. He knows our future. He knew everything we're going to do and what we're, going to, what we're doing now. And I tell you, he's able to forgive us of everything. Amen. And all he wants is for us to come home. I, and it makes me think that back to that story of the prodigal son. When, he was want, when the father just wanted the son to come home, he didn't care how he came. He wanted to come home. Because I met some people who say, well, I need to give up my addictions first. I need to give up my substance abuse or whatever they're going through. Maybe I'm committing adultery or fornication. I need to give that stuff up because I can't come to the church. Let me give you a little bit of information. The church ain't for the saved, just the saved and for the perfect. If the church were perfect, none of us would be in here today. Amen. Amen. If, if any of us were perfect, we wouldn't need Jesus. But the church, is a, the church is a hospital for the lost and for the dying of the world. And I was saying, we were saying a song, Oh, come, all ye faithful. Well, I was wishing just more people would be in church. I was looking at all the pews, and I was saying, I, I can just imagine all the people that be in those pews be, be happy and be saved and be rejoicing. And it makes me sad when I see all the pews empty, like a lot of them empty, you know. Because I think of all the people that could be saved, and if they listen to the Lord, how much joy and how much peace they would have. But going back to here is, in summary, when I think of the Lord, and I think of Christmas, I think of all these things. And I um, also, I used to read Luke. If they say if you read Luke on the first day of December, by the time you get done reading it, if you read a chapter a day, you're knowing the 25th what it was all for. Because Luke has 24 chapters in it. So the 25th day, you're going to know. I love that because I've done that for, but in, in summary, when we remember Christmas, it's important to remember not only just family getting together and presents and things like that nature, it's important to remember the reason for the season, Amen. which is Jesus Christ and the sacrifice upon that cross, which he made for all of us in our sins today. Amen. You know, we're forgiven. All we got to do is come to him and ask forgiveness Amen. and acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. Amen. And I would say that's all I have for tonight. So brother, if you're ready here. You've been listening to the Addison Free Will Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. You can find more information and explore our outreach ministries on our website at addisonfwbchurch.org. Thank you for listening.